spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, and the first, verse, first word of verse 14 says, stand, stand. I want to talk to you about an invisible war today. Father, thank you for your word today. We ask you to apply this word to our hearts. Help us to minister to your people. And Lord, we give you thanks for all that you do in Jesus' name. I think all of us are aware of the fact today that every single day, as Christians, we are assaulted by a foe that hates us far more than, <clears throat> than any enemy nation or any terrorist hates us. The power of this enemy that we face is immense. His army is greater than any army that our world has ever conceived of. The cruelty of this enemy is unbounded. And when we think about the enemy that we face, history's darkest dictators, when you think of men like Hitler and Stalin, Saddam Hussein, would be just as schoolboys compared to the sheer evil of the enemy that we face on a daily basis. There's no government that can protect us from this enemy. There's no army that can hinder this enemy. There are no bullets or missiles or bombs that will defend us against this enemy. All the physical, natural weapons that we can think of are all useless against his enemy. This enemy that we face every day, ladies and gentlemen, has many names. He's known as Lucifer. He's known as Satan. He's known as the dragon or as the serpent. But you make no mistake, this enemy that we face is a very, very real enemy. His forces are at work and his battle plans are to destroy your soul for eternity. That's what he longs to do, desires to do. He is totally against God and against the church and against you as a believer. And he seeks to destroy your life. Do we have a chance? When we think about this, I know I've painted a fairly bleak picture here. But we have to ask the question, do we have a chance in this, in this conflict, in this warfare that we are in, do we stand a fighting chance? Absolutely we do. Absolutely we do because our general, our commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, has issued to us everything that we need, all that we need to be victorious in this warfare and in this conflict. But the sad thing is this, that many Christians still live in a continual state of spiritual defeat. Some without even realizing that they are living a life of defeat. And there is no reason today for any born-again believer to be defeated by the powers of darkness or by the enemy because the Lord has given us everything we need. All of the spiritual weapons, the armor, everything that we need to stand against this enemy of our soul. You can overcome the enemy. 
I said, you can overcome the enemy. And you can defeat this adversary in every single conflict that you come up against him in. Victory is promised to the believer. But whether we win or lose in this depends on what we do and depends on how we react to the forces of darkness that come against us. There are three basic principles that I want to quickly give to you this morning that we need to know in fighting and winning this invisible war that we're in. And you know that's the thing about this enemy that we're in. We can't uh, that we're uh, that we're confronting. We can't see him. He's invisible. The, the the powers that are arrayed against us, you can't see them with the natural eye. They are invisible, but they are real. And the very first principle that we need to be aware of is that we must be aware of the conflict. We must understand and know that we are in a warfare. The scriptures that I read to you that t- this morning from 1 Timothy uh, and 2 Timothy use the word warfare. Paul said in the scriptures here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, he said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then in verse 12 he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And a lot of people stop there. A lot of people stop where it says we do not wrestle. But he, didn't, but he went on to say we don't wrestle against uh, flesh and blood. Your enemy and your conflict is not with one another. Your enemy and your conflict is not with an enemy that you can see. It's not a flesh and blood warfare battle, but we're wrestling and we're grappling and we're fighting against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world against the wiles of the devil. And so Paul gives the command here for us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And he gives us a command here to put on the whole armor of God and to take a stand against our adversary. See, this is a command. It's not an option for the believer because there is a battle that is raging around us. We are in a life and death struggle and the stakes are very high because your eternal destiny hangs in the balance. But the Christian life, the Christian life, even though it is portrayed as a warfare, as an athletic contest, God tells us what we can do to be victorious in this warfare and in this conflict that we never lose a battle. I want to just throw this in. The war has already been won. Anybody hearing me today? I said the war has already been won by the Lord Jesus Christ. But in those conflicts, you have been assured of victory. Now, Paul uses a term there. You know, the Christian life, as I said, he's portrayed is portrayed in the Bible as a warfare, and it's also portrayed in the Bible as an athletic competition or an athletic contest. And in this, uh, in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, in verse number 12, Paul uses the word wrestle. He says that we're in a wrestling match. And that word wrestle, in uh, the Greek word means an intense struggle or fight. It literally, that word literally means to engage in a hand-to-hand combat. 
And these people in Ephesus were very familiar with the wrestling with wrestling matches because in their uh, the Ishmian games and the kind of like the Olympics that we are aware, that we are familiar with today, these the, these uh, these Ephesians were were very familiar with those games, and wrestling was a part of that. But in the wrestling matches that they were uh, that they were that they were acquainted with, there were two opponents um, that were that were in a desperate no hold, no holds barred match and the winner of that match i mean they fought till somebody won and the winner of that match received a prize received a reward and was greatly praised but the loser of that wrestling match you know what the loser got he had his eyes gouged out so it was a it was very important to win in that wrestling match can you say amen hallelujah and so winning was everything and to win the war that we're in today to win the war with evil we must understand number one that we are in a fight the church of the Lord Jesus Christ many churches today act as if they're a cruise ship on some Bahaman cruise you know Bahama cruise but we're not the church is not a cruise ship where there's a bunch of partying going on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is a battleship today and the church is at war there are enemies that surround us and there can be no truce there can be no neutrality and there can be no surrender we're not going to wave the white flag of surrender to the enemy come on somebody we are not giving up we're not giving in and we're not going to stop hallelujah the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ is victorious and we're going to keep marching for Jesus Christ and for what is right today in this day and hour in which we live so the principles a couple of principles that we need to know in this spiritual warfare now we're 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 assured we know we we acknowledge that we're in a conflict but we also need to acknowledge and know that we are facing an invisible world there is an invisible world that is out here among us and around us that is just as real if not i would say more real than this physical world there is a spirit spiritual world today that actually the spiritual world created this physical world so we i know there are those that deny the realm of the spiritual but it's an invisible realm but nevertheless it is a reality it is a reality. In uh, the Gospels, you can read all through the Gospels where Jesus in his earthly ministry dealt with that spiritual world. Amen? Through Jesus' ministry, he dealt with, he confronted and dealt with the demonic and evil spirits on many occasions in his ministry. Mark chapter 1 opens up with Jesus at the beginning of his ministry being confronted by a man who was possessed by the devil in the synagogue in the church and de- and Jesus dealt with that individual or dealt with the demon that was controlling that individual but in that occasion that demon spoke using the vocal cords of that man spoke to Jesus and Jesus spoke back to the devil so don't try to tell me that demons are not real that evil spirits are not real that fallen angels are not real there is a an unseen invisible spiritual world 
That is real, very, very real today. Amen. So, you know, if God was to open our eyes today to see in this room, I would guarantee you today, I would guarantee you that angels are present in this room today. Angels of God are present. Amen. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to get too focused on demonic spirits and fallen angels because I can tell you right now, the Bible says the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear God and will deliver them. So we know there's some folks here today that fear the Lord. Amen. If you fear the Lord, raise your hand. Amen. There's some folks that fear the Lord. Every one of you got an angel with you today. We don't pray to them. We don't worship them. We don't, nothing like that. But we've got an angel that God has given a charge over our life and this room is full of angelic hosts today. So the spirit world is real and we we see in illustrations of that all in the Bible but remember when remember when and I, I'm, I'm trying to hurry along here but remember in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 6 when uh, the king of Syria sent all of his army to the city of Dothan to arrest Elisha. He was going to do away with Elisha and Elisha's servant gets up early in the morning and I'm sure he's got his coffee there you know and uh, uh, you know, this is my version alright and he goes out to the window and takes a sip of coffee and opens the curtains and he sees the city of Dothan all surrounded by the Syrian army and he runs back to Elisha and said Elisha alas what are we going to do we're in trouble the Syrian army is here to get you and, 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 and they're going to take you Elisha they're going to they're going to they're here to kill you and Elisha looks at at his servant and he says don't be afraid don't fear for those that be with us are more than they that be with him and I'm sure that servant is thinking what are you talking about there, there there's only two of us and there's a whole Syrian army out here and Elisha prayed a prayer and he said Lord open his eyes well his physical eyes were open but he needed his spiritual eyes to be open and when the Lord opened up the spiritual eyes of the servant of Elisha he looked and the and the mountains all around the city and around the Syrian army were filled with horses and chariots of fire the angelic host was there they were there all the time they didn't just show up when uh, the servant saw them but God allowed him to look into the spirit world and just to see what was going on and I'm telling you you don't have to fear you don't have to be afraid of the attacks of the enemy because there are more that are with us there are more that are with us than there are with the enemy you've got somebody on your side fighting for you praise God amen but the visible and the invisible world intersect all around us today and the battle is played out um, behind our eyes we're not seeing everything that's happening everything that's happening in this nation is happening there are, there are spiritual forces at work behind it and I'm not going to get into all that but we know that from Daniel chapter 10 when Daniel prayed for, for 21 days and the angel Gabriel showed up with the answer and he told him he said Daniel uh, when you first started praying 21 days ago God sent me with the answer but I've been detained by the prince of Persia there are principalities that are, that are uh, controlling governments in the world today and I believe that's one thing that, that, that 
the church needs to be doing today in America is praying against the principalities and powers of darkness that want to destroy our nation. But that battle is being played out behind our eyes. We can't see what's going on. But the battle is also being played out between our ears. Where's that, Brother Rick? Right up here. You know where the battlefield is? The battleground, the main battleground for you as a believer? And I know we've said this before, but we have to uh, remind everybody that the battle that you're fighting today is a battle in your mind with your thoughts. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, casting down arguments or imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And notice this, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I've said this before, you've got to, you've got to with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, control what you think about, control what you meditate on, control what you allow yourself to watch on television or the music that you listen to because everything that enters this ear gate and this eye gate, there are demon spirits that are involved trying to infiltrate your mind with thoughts that have to be cast down and taken captive by the weapons of our warfare. So ladies and gentlemen, listen, we live in a war zone. I said we live in a war zone, a spiritual war zone, and bad things sometimes happen, and we face an invisible enemy that is very real And if we are to win this war, we've got to be aware of the conflict and the fact that there is a conflict. Amen. Everything that happens in your life is not caused by God. Are you hearing me? Because there is an enemy out there. A lot of bad things happen to people and they blame, as Brother Andy was saying, they want to blame God. But God's not the blame. We serve a good, good, good Father today, a good God. Praise the Lord. But secondly, number two. Number two, we've got to know our enemy. We must be aware of the conflict, but number two, we must know our enemy. He said, Paul said there in that sixth chapter of Ephesians, to put on that whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, the wiles of the devil. He said that we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. This is, the, this is that invisible enemy. And against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. When you study, uh, when, 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 when they study the profilers, you know, in law enforcement, FBI or whatever, they study a criminal. They study that criminal. The psychologist will pour over all kinds of information to try to gain an understanding of that criminal mind. As a matter of fact, there's a show. <laughs> used to be criminal minds that was about that they tried to get into the mind of that criminal and understand what he does and why he does what he does what is his mode of operandi what is his MO why does he do what he do what he does and the Bible says there that we are to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil well the wiles is the Greek word methodeia which means the methods it's talking about, he's talking about the schemes, about the strategy, about Satan's M.O. How does he operate?
operate. We need to know that. Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said that we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. So we have to know our enemy. That's one thing that an that a, that a, that a army needs to know. They need to know their enemy before they can be successful against him. We know that Satan is real. And we know, we know, we must know how he operates. First of all, listen, Satan, you all know, know these things, but let's just go through them real quickly. We know who Satan is. Who is he? Who is this adversary, Satan? Who is this, uh, this, uh, this uh, enemy that comes against us? Well, first of all, he is a fallen angel. He is a created being. And I want to stress that point today, that Satan is not, listen to me, Satan is not co-equal with God. Satan is not the dark side of the force to God's light. Satan is not the yin to God's yang. Come on. He is created. He is a created being and Satan owes his existence to God. Satan is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. So if he's not omniscient, he doesn't read your mind. He doesn't know what you're thinking. The only way Satan can know if he's getting to you, if you open your big mouth and let him know it. Come on, somebody. Amen? So he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. And he's definitely not omnipotent. He does not have all power. His power is limited. He is a created being. He is an angel. He was created perfect by God. He was created beautiful. And he was created intelligent according to Ezekiel 28. The scripture uh, just talks about and, and gives the indication that Satan led worship in heaven or when he was in heaven, he was known as Lucifer, that he led worship in heaven. And he was one of the highest ranking angels of God. He is referred to in the Bible as the anointed cherub that covereth. But what happened to Lucifer? What happened to him? He fell from his lofty position when pride filled his heart. See, he didn't, he wasn't happy or satisfied with just being a worship leader in, in, in heaven around the throne of God. No, he wanted the worship himself that was going to God. He wanted God's throne. It wasn't enough for him just to be a high-ranking angel. He wanted to be the very one sitting on the throne of God. And Isaiah mentions in Isaiah 14 how that he is said in his heart. He is said in his heart. Lucifer, here's what he said. He said, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. But God said, oh no you don't. Oh no you don't. Oh son of the morning, you shall be cast down. Lucifer led a third of the angels in a revolt against heaven and against God. But God stopped the revolt and cast him down. He is a fallen angel. The second thing we know about our adversary is that he is ferocious. Peter said that he was as a roaring lion that walked about seeking whom he may devour. In Revelation, John referred to him and described him as a ferocious red dragon. Make no mistake about it today, abundant life. Make no mistake what I'm telling you today. Satan wants to destroy you. He's not your buddy. He's not your friend. He's not to be messed with or fooled with without you being in the power of 
of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And covered by the blood of Jesus. Satan would love to rip your family apart. He would love to destroy your home and your life. He would love more than anything to destroy every church that he could destroy and tear down every pastor and every preacher that's preaching the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you what, we need to understand, yes, he's ferocious, but we are serving a God who is greater than that lion. We have another lion today, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. The Lord Jesus. Thirdly, Satan is tenacious. What do you mean by that? His, he, he never quits. He never gives up. He's always seeking. He's always pursuing. He never goes on vacation or takes a day off. Peter said that he prowls around seeking someone. Like a lion seeking. He's always on the prowl. When he came before God in the book of Job, God said, where'd you come from? He said, I'm walking up and down to and fro in the earth trying to find somebody that I can get. And that's what he's doing today. He has his powers of darkness, his principalities, his angels, that his fallen angels that fell with him, working all the time to try to lead someone astray. So he never gives up. He's always on the job. So you and I must be vigilant to resist him every day. Satan, our adversary, is very sinister. We cannot imagine how evil he is, purely evil Satan is. The most evil men in history look good compared to the devil. He's crueler. He's more malicious. He's more proud. He's more scornful. He's more perverted, more destructive and more disgusting and more filthy and more despicable than anything that our mind can imagine. That is the enemy that we are up against. Jesus said he's a thief and he's come to do what? To kill and to steal and to destroy. That is what he's come to do in your life. But Jesus said, I've come for something else. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise be to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Yeah, give the Lord praise. He is also strong. Our enemy is strong. The Bible refers to him there as principalities and powers. Not easily subdued. And I want you to hear me this morning. The invisible war that we're in and the powers of darkness that we are facing is not, they are not easily subdued and especially not subdued in our own strength or our own power are our own ability. We have no ability within ourselves or within our flesh to overcome them. That is why the Lord said through the Apostle Paul, you've got to put on some armor. You've got to take up some weapons. You've got to stand in the power of God's might. Amen. Be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but in the power of God's might. He is strong. But in all these things, let me tell you this. He's, 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 he's a fallen angel. He's ferocious. He's tenacious. He's sinister. And he is strong. But most importantly, you need to understand, he's defeated. Praise God. 
That's the most important thing that you need to get, that he is defeated. He is a defeated foe, and it took place 2,000 years ago at the cross when the Lord Jesus Christ thoroughly, totally, completely, absolutely defeated Satan at Calvary. The Bible tells us in Colossians 2.15 that at the cross, Jesus disarmed those principalities and powers and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in that cross. The Amplified Translation says it this way. In Colossians 2.15, it says that God disarmed the principalities and powers, made a bold display and a public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. It was at the cross where Jesus stripped the powers of darkness. It was at the cross where Satan bruised his heel, but it was there that Jesus bruised and crushed the head of the serpent. Paul says it this way in Hebrews 2.14 through death, that through his death on the cross, that he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. That word destroy doesn't mean to annihilate, but that word destroy when Jesus destroyed the works of Satan at Calvary it's, that word destroy means to make useless, to wipe out and to bring to naught, to render inoperative and to make to none effect and what I'm telling you today is what Jesus did at Calvary on that cross when he defeated the powers of darkness as far as you are concerned, as far as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned, who are those of us who are in Jesus Christ the powers of the devil are inoperative, they're ineffective They've been defeated and destroyed. Come on, somebody. He cannot touch you and get to you. You are in Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus is taking care of you. Amen? Our enemy may be many things, but mainly today we know he is defeated. He is crushed. He is, is, is rendered useless and ineffective to control the life of any believer. The church is built upon Christ and Jesus said upon this rock speaking of himself, not Peter let me tell you Peter's not no, wasn't no Pope, amen. Ah, that church wasn't built on Peter but he said upon this rock upon myself Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Your enemy is defeated today and you are more than conquered through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Now I'm starting to feel like preaching a little. Praise God. Praise God. The third thing that I want to talk to you about this morning is that, and this is probably one of the most important things in dealing with the enemy in this invisible war, and that is that we stand in Christ's strength. That we stand in the strength of Jesus. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God in verse 13, Ephesians 6. And maybe next week we'll get into this armor and talk about that. But he said, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, notice that word, in the evil day and having done all to stand. The word stand means to withstand. Withstand means to endure 
It means to resist, and it means to stand your ground. Take a stand. Don't give up any ground. I thought about when I was studying this yesterday, I thought about in the Old Testament, one of David's mighty men by the name of Shammah. I don't know if you remember Shammah, but it's in Second Samuel chapter 23. But he had, there was a, the, the Israelites had a field. Brother Swaggart preached about this years and years ago. But uh, there was a, a field, the Israelites had a field of lentils or beans or peas. And they would plant their crop and they would tend to their crop and it would grow. And, and just about the time it was ready for harvest, the Philistines would come in and steal all their crop. Take it all. And they were there with nothing. They'd put all that work in. Then the enemy would come in and take what God had blessed them with. There's a sermon right there. He would come in and take. And, and finally, there was, a, there was one of David's mighty men by the name of Shammah. And you know what he did? They, they, they grew these peas and they got ready for harvest. And Shammah had made up his mind. Amen. I'm not going to let no Philistines take these peas this year. God has blessed us. God has given us a good crop. I'm going to stand in the middle of this pea patch and I'm going to defend this pea patch against the enemies. Has God given you a pea patch? Has God given you a place of blessing? Huh? Come on. Amen. Has God done some wonderful things in your life? Well, I'm telling you, the, the, the thing the enemy wants to do is come in and take everything that God has, has blessed you with. But you, we need some shamas today. And that's what Paul was talking about here in Ephesians 6 that will stand up and stand their ground and it said there it said there in uh, in, in 2 Samuel chapter number 23 it said that 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 the people all fled when the Philistines came the people all fled and they all ran uh, off but this one guy this one mighty man of David by the name of Shammah the Bible said that he stood in the midst of the ground what's he doing he's standing his ground against the enemy brother Swaggart's message many years ago was I've left this pea patch my last time I'm not running from the devil anymore I'm not leaving anymore the Philistines have taken all they're getting from me I'm going to stand here I'm going to defend what is mine from the powers of darkness I'm telling you we've got to have a greater tenacity than what the devil has and as believers we've got to stand our ground in these last days and say we're not giving up we're not giving in. We're not quitting. We're standing our ground. Devil, you've took the last pee out of my patch. Come on. We are going to win through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! It's in the power of His might that we stand. We resist the devil. Submit ourselves to God, James said, James 4, 7. And resist the devil and he will flee from us. Can I tell you something, Abundant Life Family Church, that the battle that we're in, yes, it's invisible. Yes, it's a mighty foe that we face. But this battle is not hopeless. We are assured of victory if we'll just follow the battle plans. Come on, amen. It's already been figured out. The, 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 the war, the battle is already fixed. The fight is fixed. You ever heard of a fixed fight, amen, that the winner's already determined? You know, before the fight ever starts, the fight's fixed. Well, can I tell you, this fight's fixed. God's already determined the outcome, and he's already determined the win. And if you will stand your ground, not give up and not give in, you will be assured of victory. 
But that strength to fight the enemy, that strength to win in this battle, in this conflict, this war, is not within ourselves or within our own strength, but it is in Jesus Christ. John said it in Revelation chapter 12 that we overcome him, the dragon, the old serpent. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Praise God. His strength, His power, His ability, His grace is more than sufficient because His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. When I am weak in myself, that's when I'm strong. When I realize that I can't do it, but I'm not depending on me. I'm depending on the greater one that lives on the inside of me. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah to the Lamb. That same Spirit, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead and got him out of the grave on that resurrection morning. That mighty power dwells within you. Hallelujah. And he will give life to your body, to your mortal body and bring victory into your life. Amen. You need to submit yourself to God. You need to stand. And when you're standing, trusting in Jesus, trusting in the weapons of warfare that come through him not trusting in your ability when you stand against him you're resisting the devil you're submitting yourself to God and when you do that I'm telling you the devil has no other chance he has no other option the Bible's already said it in stone submit yourself to God resist the devil and he will flee from you hallelujah if he's buddying up to you, if he's not fleeing, it's maybe because you've not submitted. Maybe because you've not resisted. But if you will do it, this invisible war, hallelujah, that we're waging today, that we're involved in, today will be a war that we win through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Worship team, make your way back, please. Hallelujah. We must appropriate his strength, his power. One of my favorite verses, and you all know it. I, haven't, I don't think I've quoted it in a while. Zechariah 4 and 6. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. The mountain will be removed by the Spirit of God. Victory is assured by the Spirit of God. But we have to appropriate His strength, His power, His ability through faith in the cross of Christ, in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Paul said it in Galatians 2.20. He said, it's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. 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 We have victory through the faith in the Son of Almighty God. Yeah, Satan's a fearsome enemy. Yeah, he is. But he's defeated and he's chained by the power of God. Years ago when I first got saved, 
one of the first Bibles I got. My dad told me to get a Schofield reference Bible, and I did. Somebody else told me to get a Dakes Bible, and I did. Then somebody else said get a Thompson chain, and I did. Amen. I had them all. If I couldn't learn something from there, I was in bad shape. Praise God. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember, you know, if you're familiar with the Thompson chain reference Bible, I remember that there was, there was one of the, the notes in there in the, in the side margin. There are different topics. But one of the topics that ran reference in the back of the Bible was Satan on a leash. I'll never forget the first time I seen that. Satan on a leash. Hallelujah. God has got him on a leash. He's chained. Amen. Hallelujah. He can't do just anything and everything that he wants to do. There are limitations that God has put on him. And God has given you as believers today power over all the power of the enemy. The Bible says, Jesus said, that we will tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy through his name and through the blood of Jesus. And that's what Paul was talking about here in Ephesians 6. We can have victory over the enemy. Praise God. Praise God. Maybe you're here this morning. You've been going through a battle. You've been going through a struggle. You've been, the enemy has just pressed in upon you, oppressing you, and you just don't know what to do. I've been in that place before. The Bible describes it in Psalm 107 as being at our wit's end. And we use that terminology a lot. I'm just at my wit's end. I'm one battle after another, one attack of the enemy after another. I'm going to tell you, I hope we've encouraged you today to take a stand and fight this invisible army. You are enlisted, ladies and gentlemen. You are enlisted into the army of God. Be a good soldier. Endure hardship. Don't complain and whine and cry about bad things that happen. But take your stand and be a shaman. And say, not today, devil. You've seen that t-shirt. Some of you may have it. Not today, devil. Not today, Satan. Hallelujah. I'm standing in my pea patch. I'm withstanding your attacks. I've got on the whole armor of God. And I will come through this thing victorious through the blood of Jesus. Let's stand this morning. Listen, if you want special prayer this morning, the altars are open. And as they sing today, come and, and, and just bring your burdens, bring your needs, bring your cares, bring your problems to the Lord. He said if you'll cast your, your burdens upon the Lord, He will sustain you. We're here to anoint you with oil, to pray with you, to pray for you, to agree with you. Hallelujah against every attack of the enemy. Let's sing and worship Him today. Come on. Jesus is real. when you move